Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Build Amazing Things Securely. I'm Laura Bell Main, and I am joined today by somebody from a very special industry, um, not one we hear about much in security. So I'll let her share that, but it's going to be fun. So it's my pleasure to welcome Jax Garrett here. So welcome, Jax. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Cool. All right. So like we do with every guest, I'm going to ask you, Jax, can you introduce yourself as a human? Who is Jax? I am human, yes. And I will introduce myself as such. I am Jax Garrett, the CEO and founder of GGWP Academy. I um, basically, uh, my son was a, a, a pro at Pokemon and he started to travel the world in, you know, competing at you know at pokemon on his 3ds and i saw that that industry the industry of gaming was highly fragmented and there wasn't a lot of education going on in that space and so i set out to change that i wanted to educate content creators and the industry itself as well as clients on how to engage that space and make the most of it and then i wanted to professionalize it i wanted to provide a streamlined platform that will allow brands and creators to connect on marketing campaigns. So we're essentially an e-learning and influencer marketplace platform for gamers. Do you know what I love about this, Jax? Like, and I'm sure many of our audience will share this kind of dirty secret in our past as many of us have been gamers, whether yeah. it's, you know, your Candy Crush generation or your World of Warcraft or whatever it was. Or Amiga. Um, or Amiga. <laughs> no, now we Ouch. all feel old, Jax. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Hmm. Um, we do this as audio, not video, so they can't see the gray hairs. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So we, we've all got, you know, a little element of a link to gaming. And what I love about this is we're in that technology space with your organization, with your software that is taking something that we don't associate with security at all, gaming and fun and kids competitions. And then we're turning this into what sounds to me like a, a double sided marketplace, like the type of thing we would see in you know, in finance type companies in e-commerce. And that's kind of cool because, you know, when you cross from one to the other, you don't really expect that you'd start talking about Pokemon and very quickly end up in a marketplace. Yes. Uh, and yes. So um, we did end up with the two-sided marketplace. It didn't start out like that. It kind of meandered through to that. Um, the more we looked at the space, we, the more we looked at its needs and the people within it, the more it kind of morphed into this two-sided marketplace. So it, it certainly didn't turn out that start out that way. It started out as an e-learning. I just wanted to educate the market and that was going to be a subscription model and that was going to be it. And then, you know, we started talking about but how do we actually get the people who want to learn about becoming content creators, how do we get them hired and working with brands and really create an ecosystem whereby, you know, the money is flowing well, um, the brands are getting great ROI out of this industry because it, it is a new medium in terms of advertising and marketing. And a lot of brands don't really know how to navigate that particular, um, you know, scene. Because when you talk to a gamer, you're talking to a very specific genre of people. And I think that everyone kind of fits into that, that bucket, you know, in varying degrees. You know, there's there, there's serious, you know, uh, gamers, you know, esports athletes. There's there's people who make a living out of this, and then there's you know, mum with a tablet who's playing Candy Crush. So there's a very you know, um, very variable sliding scale there of gamers. <laughs> uh, so uh, just to give you some audience of uh, the background here, um, I met Jax uh, over a year ago now. 
um, and have been watching as she grows her organization. She's not a security person, but that's cool. She's totally the one to be here all. today because this gives us a really interesting opportunity to talk through from like grassroots, you know, the different security challenges and things that happen in these kind of spaces. So how many of us amongst us have, you know, built a piece of software that was one thing to start with and it's grown into something else? Most of us, because, you know, we very rarely know on the first day what we're going to build. And how many of us have, you know, varied audiences? Well, probably all of, all of us. And I'd love to dig into those audiences a bit because that's a really interesting mix, especially when if we come back later to talking about how we build security into this, you've got at one end, you've got the gamers who are already different categories of people and users and behavior. And then you've got the brands. Now, I'm not a marketing person. This is where my my limit of my knowledge is going to come in. But I feel like they're not the gamers and that they're going to have a different set of concerns. Um, so can you walk us through, you know, what, and, and we're going to offend people by generalizing here. Sorry, audience, if you are a gamer, don't be offended by anything that comes next. Can you generalize, you know, the, if you were going up with a profile of, you know, the type of person, a persona for the gamer side, and then the, um, the more brand side, you know, how different are they? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first I'd like to preface this entire conversation by saying that I am non-technical founder. I am not the security guy. I am not the you dev. Anyway. I am not, I'm not that person. I actually come from a communications and marketing background. Um, I've run previous businesses myself. So the, I'm coming from a business perspective and a gaming perspective. I'm not necessarily coming from a, a technical perspective, but I just want to. Awesome everyone to understand that when I start talking. <laughs> Look, when I talk about our audiences, we definitely have different personas that we've identified within our audiences. And they range from, you know, young gamers like my son, who are heavily interested in gaming, you know, the Fortnite bros. Everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, the maybe... 14 to 18 year old guys who are, and I say guys because it's 70, you know, yeah. roughly 70% guys at that age sure. who are gaming um, and, and the types of games that they're playing right up until um, I think where we sort of draw the line in terms of uh, actual gamers is that maybe 40, roughly 45 um, and these guys have been in it, you know, for the long haul, you know, they, they've grown up with a, an Amiga or a, you know, whatever. And they've kind of seen the evolution of tech slowly mean that, you know, uh, the pixels and, and, and the pictures and everything gets so much better over the, over the course of their, their, their life, really. It's been the background to their life. Mm. And now they're having children and they're allowing them to gain more and participate in that and maybe follow careers in that and things like that. And we're also starting to see the fact that, you know, when we look at the, the difference between male and female gamers as well, we're starting to see things like um, if a girl is um, is allowed to experience gaming and be a part of that um, as, you know, a, a hobby or whatever, she is three times more likely to go into a STEM career. Wow. How so, exciting is that for the future? I'm, I'm totally going to ring my mom. I, I need to <laughs> yeah. tell her that, you know, her letting me play computer games is because that's why I'm here. So hooray. Super important stuff because it allows you to problem solve. It allows you to, you know, get really engaged by something that can really um, uh, work with your imagination. Mm. You know, you're you're sort of transported to a whole new place. And I think that's what gaming is about. It's that little bit of escapism. It's that little bit of problem solving and engaging your intellect. You know, there's so many aspects that really draw us into gaming. Mm. 
So when they're interacting with your platform, then, you know, they're doing so as potential content creators, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah they it's almost like fledgling marketing um, <laughs> or influencer marketing for gamers, right? Yeah. Um, now, what kind of information are they sharing in that platform? You know, how, what, if I'm going to go do this, I'm not, by the way, I'm way too old. <laughs> I have no energy for this. But if I was, what kind of information would I need to share to kind of set myself up in that space? Yeah, so we're asking uh, our users to give us the basic information in terms of, uh, you know, your profile. Let's set up your account. It's your standard information. I guess when it becomes really interesting, like, you know, a lot of other platforms, we ask you to engage your social media platforms so that we know, uh, you know, who you are, what kind of, you know, content you produce. And it actually allows us to scrape. So we're looking at tweets in particular mm -hmm. to understand the kind of wording that somebody uses about their content. And that allows us to put them in buckets or categorizations in terms of brand personality. Oh, so okay. <laughs> oh, now I'm intrigued. I feel like I'm going to get my own like spirit animal at the end of this. Right. Come on. Tell me how does this work? Look, we're not far, we're not far from that. Um, we are trying to basically look at the brand personality of a, a commercial brand. So looking at McDonald's, Coke, uh, Red Bull, all these big brands that, you know, might want to spend money in gaming and we're categorizing them. Now, this has been previously done on many mod, on many other marketing models. We're doing it, this again at the moment to see if they hold up in gaming. Uh, if it doesn't, we're producing our own. That's kind of where we're at. Ooh. We're then also applying the same rules to gamers as content creators. So looking at the words that they use to describe themselves, the colors that they use to represent themselves, how they talk about themselves, everything that we can find online about that gamer to basically tell us what category they also fit in. Because mm -hmm. when we create an alignment between, you know, a commercial brand and an influencer brand, what we expect to happen is that the ROI is going to go up by like, you know, I, I think it's going to 10x it. But yeah. we're still in the process of actually delivering that research. So it's early days on that, but we are actually working with the University of Newcastle right now to deliver this. That's and really our cool. first our first app that will give us, you know, some some preliminary um, information and data back is going to be done by the end of this week, which is exciting. And we'll be delivering mm -hmm. that to our community over the coming weeks um, under NDA, of course. But um, we're really excited to get this across the line in the next three months. But see, th this is why I do this podcast, right? <laughs> security isn't about security. We don't wake up in the morning and go, you know what's fun, SQL injection, I'm just going to do that today. We wake up in the morning as technologists and as business owners, and we want to build something amazing that solves the problem. And, you know, your problems come from a very personal relationship based place. It's awesome. And what we get to do is apply these modern tools, these emerging technologies to do this. Now, there's undoubtedly going to be people in the audience who hear the words, I take all of your tweets and then I put you in a category and think about some kind of creepy line. I have no doubt. And people will have feelings and opinions. That's what the internet does. But, you know, let's think about this on a, a more general level. This is not the first time people have done this. Like, you know, we've been putting people in boxes for as long as we've been people. So, you know, are there any risks? And I'm asking you to, you know, um, Jax, I apologize. I'm asking you to do this on the fly. It's a bit cruel. Um, but let's talk this through. Um, because that's what we do in security, right? We do a bit of a threat assessment on, on a new thing we're building. Now, I don't think there's going to be anything earth shattering here, spoilers team, but let's, let's do it together. Let's have a talk. So 
what are the things here? Well, we're pulling in all of the content from somebody's social media. So is there any risk in that? Let's have a talk about that. What do you think, Jax? Well, look, first and foremost, we're asking, uh, and this is in the beginning when we're building the MVP, we're actually asking our content creators to self-identify. Cool. And when we bring in their social media and everything, it is only to bolster that. So they're well aware of what we're doing with the data. Awesome. Um, and it's in it, at the end of the day, it's to benefit them. It's to benefit them so that we can create a really genuine match between them and a brand that will make sense on both ends for the user because, you know, they'll believe in the same message um, and they'll be able to work with that brand and for the brand so that they can engage a user who potentially has the same audience and they can get the best ROI from that campaign. Mm -hmm. So really at the end of the day, I mean, we're asking them for baby steps, you know, self-identify, answer these quizzes for us so that we can put you in a box and tell you what brands you should be working with to get the best bang for buck. Awesome. And then at the end of the day, we're going to be bolstering that by scraping and then, um, yes. you know, basically just looking at maybe we can maybe we can say you're 50% this and 50% that. Or maybe, you know, you might be 70% one particular uh, personality and 20% something else and 10% something else. So we can just get a little bit more granular mm. about who that influencer is, the better the data that we get, basically. Yeah. And I think the, the important thing to remember is we all kind of, we have that instinct to feel that creepy line. But what we're talking about is public information. You know, the, yeah. the influencers, they're, they're already this is publicly open information. And anyone who works in an agency is already looking at every yeah. content creator's tweets, at all of their content to, estab- to establish whether they fit the bill for a particular brief or job mm. anyways. We are just simply automating That's what good. that would be. Yeah, awesome. So do we, so um, I'm, I'm going to ask, you know, and you can totally throw the NDA card at me. That's cool. You know, <laughs> just just have it ready to throw. Um do you keep that data or is it you just do you keep the tweets and things afterwards, the copies that you're doing your analysis of or just? Look, that part of the product hasn't been built yet, I'll be honest. We're still working on that. Um, and that's that's something one of the questions that we're working through and, and how we work through that. So yeah. there's no NDA to throw, but we're still in the process. Like I said, this particular we're in the process right now of delivering the MV, MVP. Mm. So we'll do that at the end of this week. Next week, we'll get our data back. In the meantime, we also have data scientists and PhD students working on how we build out those um, those containers or those uh, personality groupings. Yeah. So we're still very early days, and I don't have an answer for you there. No, yet. that's good. No, no, that's a perfect <laughs> I'm answer. Take you. <laughs> no, because see, that's the joy of de- designing and developing from an MVP, right? Yeah. Every time you hit one of these questions, if you haven't done it yet, it's an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a decision that a company makes do I store the data? And, you know, there's benefits because you get to do stuff with it afterwards, but then there's the downside that you've got all of this data lying around. Now it is public data. So, you know, yeah. For us, it's really just important that we are able to categorize you effectively. I don't feel like it's important for us to keep that data. I feel like it's just important to put you into a box, (laughs) you know, for lack of better (laughs) words, I know that sounds horrible, but to put you into a box and then we're done. You know, then yeah. I can I can connect you with the right brands. It really doesn't matter what you said on one particular tweet. We're not going to hold on to that or really even care. Yeah. 
It's just about the overall sentiment, the sentiment. Yeah. of the words that are used maybe over your, your last 1,000 tweets or 5,000 oh. tweets or you know what I mean? So and Can I ask a question on that? Yeah. This is just my naivety, so I'm going a bit off script. Sorry, audience. <laughs> Go um, for it. Uh, how many tweets does an influencer make? And, you know, well, like what's an average here? Like how much noise? They tweet a lot. Okay. It's not the same for every industry, though. You might find that fitness influencers are far more, you know, on on Instagram than they are yeah. on Twitter. But in gaming, for us, they're on Twitter a lot. They're on Reddit. They're on Discord. So there's a lot of places where we can find a lot of writing from gamers that will talk about their own content. So there's, you know, it works well for our industry. But eventually we would love to get to the point of, you know, we can scrape YouTube and look at all of the videos and look at your facial impressions to see how much sentiment analysis you have, you know, whether you truly believe what you're saying or whether you don't. I know, I know. (laughs) And that does sound a little bit creepy. So we're, we're trying to do this in the best possible ways. And we do consider, you know, what does this mean for the influencer? What does this mean for, you know, how else can this technology be used? And what does it mean for the brand as well? Mm. So always keeping those things in mind um, and obviously, you know, doing the best that we can to make sure that everything is nice and safe. Uh, we, are, we have a really um, fairly qualified CTO who's um, who's worked for some of Australia's top, inf- um, yeah. sorry, uh, startups. Yeah. So I feel like he's qualified for the job. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I mean, obviously, when it comes to security, I mean, you know, there are definitely things that you might need to outsource, like coming to you. Even having this conversation, I'm starting to think of things that, you know, mm. we probably need to start having co- conversations about with you. <laughs> well, I always love Someone having a conversation you. with you. But, um, I think what's what's interesting, if I just kind of put my security lens on this a second, is... Do it. There's no compliance element here, right? There's no government scheme. You're not carrying PII. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're not a bank. You're not healthcare. And and so it's very easy for us to just kind of discredit that as not needing security. But the more we talk about this, um, the more you realise it's not security because security is keeping you know government secrets safe. It's it's security where it meets sensitivity, where it meets you know practicality. In your case, you know. You're getting a lot of you know, very noisy tweeters and you've got to get through all of that data. You know, yes, you've got to keep whatever you store safe and those decisions safe and those people safe in your platform. But at the same time, those are choices you can make pragmatically as a business rather than just because somebody has got a big stick. Now, tell me about your brands that are on the platform, because, um, you know, they feel like they're going to be a very different group to your gamers. Um, what kind of information do they put into the platform? And, you know, how do they think about risk or how can we think about it on their behalf? The good news is that these brands that are on the platform or coming onto the platform now, they already know what kind of um, category they fit into because they've been um, they've been putting together this brand over the last 10, 20, 30 years. And so they know very well what tone of voice, what colours, what, you know, how it should look, smell, touch, everything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so... When, when it comes to this, they're easily self-identifiable. They yeah. can come to the platform, they can set up all of their payment details and, you know, billing and everything else, but they can simply tick a box that says, we are this, yeah. uh, you know, and it's no secret. You could analyze their their their, their branding online. And yeah, I can yeah. tell you, you do this yourself. 
Exactly right. Yeah. So really they're self-identifying that information. We're not even looking at theirs to like test it because mm. at the end of the day, it's only on them. Um, if they want the best possible genuine matches, then they need to be as close to accurate as possible there. Yeah, it feels like from their side, you get back into more traditional marketplace sort yes. of security where it's, you know, the details of the the contracts that they're putting out and how much they're paying people are the sensitive things they wouldn't want sharing, you know, wider than the audience that's intended. I think the only time that we start to look at um, uh, the things that we need to be really accurate about, I, I feel like there's an opportunity here for gamers to want to game the system, for lack of mm. better words. <laughs> you know, they might want to work with a certain type of brand, but they're not creating the content necessarily that would align well with that. So I feel like there's a, you know, there's some really... I don't know, very short answer kind of ways that they could change their quiz mm. answers and, and game this system. But that's why we're looking to bolster it further by the scraping of uh, tweets so that we can make sure that they're in the right box and then yeah. working with the right brands. And, and I mean, it's it sounds to me, you know, not a gamer, not in this space, but if I just kind of process it a minute, it feels like you end up coming up with a linguistic fingerprint, if you yeah. will, of a, a gamer, of an individual or an influencer. And then theoretically, and I'm not saying you do this or would do this, but you could then run that fingerprint at intervals and check for that being consistent over time. Correct. Which I would imagine in a, a marketing relationship would be really important because if you've got somebody who, you know, is selling, you know, soft drink number three today and then suddenly goes completely off off the, the reserve and, and does some crazy stuff on the, the socials, that brand relationship is probably not ideal at that point because the internet remembers yeah totally correct we are basically um looking at these guys for not only the sentiment analysis of right now but how consistent that is over time because anyone can be in a mood and talk a certain way for a couple of days you know depending on how they're feeling about a topic or you know you might you might have a content creator who is going through, uh, it could be a, a bout of depression. So they're having negative thoughts about their content. They're not feeling confident there, you know, and so they'll tweet a different way. But for them, that might only last maybe a two-month period or whatever it lasts for, but it's not their overall um, mm. personality, if that makes sense. So there is more contextual, you know, this is happening right now versus who they are as a person, what they wholly believe. Um, so doing those interval checking uh, is very important to to us and maintaining that accuracy. Yeah, and, and you know, as a security nerd and, and looking at other software projects, there might be folks out there listening to this who maybe you have a similar sort of data set where, you know, you're trying to track if a person is still the same person. If something has fundamentally changed, maybe there might be a new risk. So if somebody is behaving off being unusual in some way, that can be an early indicator that something's wrong and that could lead to risks for them or for others. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really interesting way to kind of, A, create, must be a, a really valuable experience for your content creators and your brands, but also I love how the technology is allowing it to be more than just, you know, self-select on a, a quiz with time, that it's going to be something that is you. It's a, you know, a, something that can be gained from looking at the content you produce, not your reflection of that content. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're working with a highly intelligent audience as well. Gamers, on average, are 
I, I hate to say it, more intelligent than the average audience. They earn more, they have more disposable income. I know, right? <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, we're dealing with people who know what the terms and conditions mean. So we're speaking to them in a very transparent way and letting them know that this is what we're doing. This is why we're building it. You're going to benefit from it. And they can make an informed decision on this because they're – Gamers tend to be the people who read the terms and conditions. <laughs> I'm not saying that's of everybody in the industry, but it tends to be more likely across our industry that that would happen and they, they would understand it. So um, I guess we're lucky in one way that we feel secure knowing that they know what we're doing and they have genuine questions about this all the time. We have someone in Discord, you know, saying, so what do you do with our data and, you know, how does this work and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. you know, someone from our tech team will, you know, jump on and answer the feedback. So we're able to have those honest, transparent conversations with our community of users. And I mean, we've got about 15,500 users on our platform. So, you know, we get these fairly often. Um, I guess the bad news is that we're always having this conversation. I think we need to have a frequently asked questions, you know, just <laughs> yes, like. something like that maybe. But it's good that we're having the conversation anyway. So I, I feel more secure knowing that our audience understands this well. I, I mean, for me, I talk to people from all sorts of industries and for an industry that we wouldn't expect to have a security focus, that's actually a more healthy, more transparent um, kind of interaction pattern about you know a company sharing this is what we're doing and and this is what we you can expect from us and the customers feeling enabled to ask those questions and have that discussion you know and it's just up to us to provide more value than risk yeah 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 that's what uh, the com- that's what the algorithm looks like it's you know are you providing me enough value for me to you know risk giving you all of my information And for these content creators who are trying to become full-time content creators and earn money through it, for them, the risk is typically worth the value that we're providing them. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, coming back to that and wrapping up and talking about that risk, you know, it's public information. Yeah. And so the the nice thing about this is, you know, we, we get to have that mental kind of fight goes on between, Ah, oh, yeah, but it's it's scraping and it's machine learning, it's categorization and all these things. There's a lot of feelings and opinions about. It. But these are people who are intentionally building brands for themselves online. And that's hard work. And so, yeah. you know, I can totally see how they would see this as a valuable thing um, and how the brands would then be able to use that to their advantage. Um, look, um, I've had such fun today, Jax. This has been amazing. Um, I love hearing about your passion for this. And I love how we're finding cool technologies in the most unlikely places. I'm very excited to see where this goes next. So you have to promise to come back one day and tell us what ne- what other technologies get uh, put through this uh, and what you learned on the way. Oh, absolutely. We'd love to come back. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me. It was great to talk about what we're doing and the industry that we do it in. At the end of the day, we're really passionate about that. And so is our community. So, you know, it makes these conversations really easy for us. So um, well, I'm let me make it a little easier. <laughs> um, we're going to have folks who are like, what is this? I have no idea. I want to uh, learn more about this. This uh, GG. What, what is it? Tell us the where are the links? Where are the key details, Jax? For sure. So if you go to www.ggwpacademy.com and you can find me, Jacqueline Garrett, on LinkedIn. Fabulous. Um, Look, 
whether you go because you are an aspiring creator, you never know, you could be out there, or because you're curious about what technology is being built in the world, um, then it's a good reason to go and check it out. Um, thank you once again, Jax, and join us again, team, next time where we have another exciting adventure into amazing technology. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all of those crazy dances. And if you can suggest another guest for us, please do get in touch because we love to meet new people, especially those people building something they're truly passionate about. Take care.